The Maryland Made Podcast provides timely, relevant, and practical information to empower student-athletes to explore their potential and pursue their passions. We facilitate an inclusive environment for student-athletes to redefine their leadership, explore professional possibilities, and enact change in their communities. Happy Monday, and welcome to the Maryland Made Podcast. I'm your host, Daisy Lazy, Program Director of Student-Athlete Career Development, bringing you this week's podcast titled Self-Discovery, A Journey to Being Your Authentic Self. Today, we are here to celebrate LGBTQ Plus History Month, and I'm delighted to share this conversation with my friend, Jade Hines-Clark, training associate with Trevor Project and owner of Hines-Clark Company, where she is a certified leadership and growth coach. We are going to explore her journey of self-discovery, the importance of finding and building community, and also tap into the great work that she is doing for the LGBTQ plus community. So before we begin our conversation, Jade, please give us a brief intro of your background in sports and the work that you're currently doing. Absolutely. Thank you, Daisy, for having me. Super excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, um, a little bit about my background. I started playing basketball in the fifth grade. Um, I really didn't take it seriously, though, until like ninth grade, where I really started to fall in love with the journey, um, realize my own potential, thanks to the coaches that poured into me in high school. Um, and then from there, I went on to play at the University of Richmond for four years. Um, and like you mentioned, right now, I'm working full time for the Trevor Project, whose mission is to end suicide among LGBTQ young people. Um, and then also this year, I started my own coaching practice under Heinz Clark Co., where I support folks um, on their journey to unleash their full potential. Love it. I can't say I'm surprised, Jade. You have a heart full of gold. So you finding a way to give back and help people does not surprise me in the least. Thank you. In 1994, the LGBTQ History Month became an annual month-long observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender history in the history of gay rights and related civil rights movements. I've gotten to know you since 2015 or 16. When was it? 16? 15? I would say 16. Yeah, 2016. <laughs> and know more of your journey, but can you take me and the rest of our audience through your journey of self-discovery? Why is it important for you to openly identify as an LGBTQ community member? Absolutely. Yeah. So I came out in high school um, and my journey of self-discovery is still ongoing, right? I'm learning things about myself every day. Um, but I think one of the really beautiful things about being your authentic self or even just the journey to get there is the ability to kind of explore. Um, like I mentioned, I feel like I learned so much about myself along the way. Um, and I really think that college is where self-discovery really happened for me. So it was where I learned about what I was passionate about, what I wanted my legacy to be like on campus, when I met folks like you who served like uh, served as role models. And I think, you know, that is something that I'm still constantly thinking about to this day. And um, I think it's important for me to openly identify because representation matters. Um, I know we hear it, we see it on shirts, we see it all over the place, but it really matters. And you know, first, I want to acknowledge that, you know, there's several folks a part of the community who, for whatever reason, safety reasons are not able to be openly out. Um, and because of that, I feel that due to my comfortability, being able to come out to my family and friends in high school and move through the world authentically, that I don't take that for granted. I don't take it lightly. And so 
um, you know, a part of me being openly out is to also support the folks who can't be at this current moment. Um, so yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things is it's important for people to, um, you know, see themselves. And it was important for me to see myself, um, even kind of in my own journey of self-discovery and to interact with people who shared similar experiences with me. So if I can be that for somebody, I'm here for it and, and I'm happy to do so. Yeah, I think you made a really great point about like, you know, sometimes people don't realize that people aren't able to live in their truths. And so the fact that you can and you have that ability and that availability to do so, it really does shine light to, you know, for others to be like, hey, it's okay. Like, you can do this. Like, and if you can't, you know, maybe find the people who you can be your truest self with. And so yeah, you're representing so much more than the visible eye but the invisible eye too for some of those folks who don't have the same level of support that maybe you and some others do yeah absolutely because and I mean even there's times where I will just be kind of moving through the world you know minding my own business and there's been times where folks have reached out you know after events or have come to me at events and just said thank you for being yourself and again it's moments like that where you don't even know sometimes that just your presence in a space can be so much to somebody else and something that they needed to see for them to start their own journey of self-discovery um so i think that's the biggest thing we're able to move authentically you're inspiring people that you don't even know um, and i don't take that lightly or for granted at all Oh, I love that. And I think that shows and it's been shown through just you personally, the things that you do, like you're an advocate, you let it be known, like, and I feel like the more you show it and the more people can see how authentically happy you are in the life that you live, it does. It impacts other people who are maybe afraid to live in that truth too. So we definitely appreciate all the work that you continue to do and will do just by being you, honestly. So, Jade, you know, because we play basketball, a good portion of my team um, identified within the LGBTQ community, and it has been an honor and a blessing to be a part of their journey and yours as well by attending their marriages and even getting to enjoy witness the beauties of pregnancy with them as well. A few of them had their coming out journey that happened while they were in college, and it was an opportunity for them to become who they are at the core, and it was such a beautiful thing. I know you spoke on your journey, but what did this look like in terms of like, who are the people who have been by your side every step of the way? Yeah, I would say my parents, um, my teammates, professors, right? There's so many people that I could rattle off. And I think kind of what you were mentioning before of finding folks who are supportive of you and that you can lean on. Um, I've definitely feel like I've built a village of people who um, you know, I knew would always be in my corner no matter what. And it might be people that maybe I don't talk to every day, but there's still people that are in my corner that I can reach out to and have established a relationship that, you know, if something's going on, or even if I just want to say, hey, get coffee, just kind of download on, you know, what's been going on the week in that week, there's people that I can um, lean on. And so, you know, like you mentioned, it's beautiful when people can be themselves without judgment and, you know, even in college and on the basketball team, there were certain spaces prior to college that I was already out, right? Like I came out in high school. So friends, new family members were starting to know, and it's still a moment of 
okay, I'm in this new environment. I got to campus. Now I have these new teammates. Like, I remember even how nervous I was when my girlfriend was coming to visit me. And I was like, all right, I got to tell my teammates that, you know, I'm having somebody over and like they're going to see her. And so I think that, you know, there is a moment and there is certain spaces where you feel like you're constantly kind of coming out depending on new situations, new environments. Um, but yeah, leaning into the folks that have been there with you from the start of your journey, I think is kind of what helps you to get through, right? Relying on them and asking questions or just kind of letting them know how things went and them holding space um, has been really important to me along my own journey. I think you mentioned two really awesome things that I'd love for you to kind of like go in a little bit more on. The first one being constantly coming out. So I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of people may think like, okay, I did it. That's it. But if you want to go in deeper, because that is something that I've heard throughout the years as well. It's like every time you're in a new space or with people who don't know you and mm -hmm. your story, it's like an everlasting type of situation. Do you just kind of want to go in deeper on how that is and that process, how that's been for you? Yeah, I would love to. I think, yeah, it it is what almost feels at times a never ending process, right? There's folks who, again, like know you and like know me from when I came out early on in um, high school. But as you keep moving through different phases of your life, right? I'm from Jersey. I moved to Richmond, completely new environment. So as I'm meeting different people, um, you know, in that space where I was single, dating, like it's still an environment where I was um, coming out as I was introducing myself to folks and feeling more comfortable in certain spaces. And even now I'm married, um, coming up this month on a year of marriage, which I'm super excited about, but yeah, I mean, even now I'm married and I have a wife and I'm still coming out. Right. And when I'm talking to folks, networking, introducing myself, yeah, I have a wife, we live in Richmond. It's still a process of coming out to folks, um, and sharing, you know, who I am and, and, uh, what my family looks like. It, it is kind of a never ending process. And so I think, again, just kind of remembering that you don't have to come out to everybody, right? You don't have to, um, you know, share every aspect of your, your life as you move through the world. It is sometimes I'm like, yep, it feels worth it in this moment to go ahead and talk about X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to show up in this way, or there's situations where I'm like, actually, I'm just going to leave that alone for right now. So I think it, it definitely is a continual process, but you are in control and, I have definitely in my own experience have been like, look, I'm in control of who I share information with and um, to make sure that I'm the most comfortable in any space that I'm in. So, yeah. I appreciate that response. And then the next thing that I'd love for you to address seeing as though our main population for this podcast is student athletes, like what was it like for you being on the team and all women's team and being in the LGBT community in that space? Like, how was that? How did you navigate that? You know, like, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think for me here, what immediately came up to, um, came into my mind is just like social gatherings with teammates, right? Like thinking about when I was in college and there was that first moment where we were inviting other people to come over to our apartment or hang out and, it wasn't always boyfriends, right? It wasn't, it, that's not what it was going to look like all the time. And so I think just being mindful as student athletes of the language that you're using, right? 
folks have partners and significant others. It's not always going to look one way or the other based off of, you know, what team or what sport you're on. And so I think being really intentional um, and being mindful of that, right, you are amongst a team of folks who share many different identities, um, you know, LGBTQ identity being one of them and um, really creating space and holding space for folks to show up and bring whoever they want with them um, to the table. I also think when it when it comes to language, there's times where, you know, locker rooms are safe spaces, right? But there is harm that can happen if we're not careful with language and we, you know, can offend folks by using language that, you know, somebody might feel really comfortable with as a way that they express themselves. Um, and so I think as student athletes, just being really mindful when you're in spaces with your teammates, are you creating an environment where your teammates will feel comfortable sharing information with you? Um, and I think for folks that feel like they might not be able to say yes to that, really taking a deep dive and, and kind of considering how you might be able to turn that around would be important. Awesome. Thank you. We're going to get a little bit more into that later, but definitely wanted to get that out because you really hit that on the head. And I just wanted to make sure we we went a little bit deeper into that one. But switching gears just a little bit. Um, actually, we're going to go back a little bit. The last follow up I have for you on that is just as you left athletics, the athletic community, did you did that level of support remain? Did it grow or did it diminish? How has that looked now that you've left that bubble of athletics? Yeah, I think in in with this particular question, finding your people is so important. I think as I think about, you know, whether it grew, kind of maintained, diminished, all of them, <laughs> right? Like in in several different spaces, I think um there's different moments right it, it there is um something really important that i think about finding your community outside of um athletics it's the reason why i was very involved on campus at the university of richmond right like i wanted to have folks that i could um you know engage with outside of just my team and even moving beyond and, and graduating and also you know now no longer working um, full-time in athletics. It's something that I think about a lot of like, how am I still cultivating relationships, connections with folks in athletics? How am I still able to have an impact there? Um, but also like, I need to find my people that I feel supported with um, outside. And so I would definitely say, as I've kind of navigated post-athletics um, life, I would say, has definitely been just finding different things that I'm passionate about, organizations that align with my values that I know will have people that are supportive of me and what I'm doing. Um, so a piece of advice I would give here is don't be afraid to reach out to folks who um, you want to talk to. I think for me, LinkedIn was huge of just like, this person has a really cool background and I just want to talk to them about what they do. And again, just kind of finding my people that way has been really helpful. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I do think it's important that we don't just stick within the realms that we know, but you continue to merge out into the world. And it's just like, you really never know somebody's story. Cause like you said, you choose to share when you want to share. And so people choose to share when they want to as well. And it's really important that we just take the time to listen. We have way more connections than we definitely think. So. Yeah. 
switching gears just a little bit, um, we also asked you to come on this podcast to talk about your work with the Trevor Project and the larger scope of the work that you do for the LGBTQ plus community as well. So as a Black woman who openly identifies in the LGBTQ community, can you share with us some of the good, the bad, about the intersectionality, about those identities? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think as uh, you know, a black woman as an LGBTQ person, I, you know, really always want people to know, right. Social change and the fight for justice is, and always should be intersectional. Um, and, you know, I can't talk about any one of my identities separately, right. They all intersect. They make me who I am. And, you know, it, it brings me back to a moment in, um, college where, that we had LGBTQ orgs and there was something that, you know, as I was engaging in certain spaces, I was just like, I'm not feeling like I can be fully myself. And one of the things that I founded when I was at the University of Richmond was Shades of Pride. And so it was an affinity group for LGBTQ students of color to come together to um, really connect and engage with each other as it relates to our identities, because that space didn't feel like it was there before. Um, and so I think it's really important to acknowledge, right? People have identities that intersect and those intersection, the intersection of those identities, um, you know, creates a lived experience that folks share. And so being able to share space with folks who had similar experiences was super important to me. Um, also why, you know, now I'm at the Trevor Project on the internal training team, um, with the mission to end suicide among LGBTQ people. And yeah, it's something that I think about every day as a Black LGBTQ person, like thinking about how I show up and what it means for me to show up um, in all the spaces that I'm in. Yeah, I love that. And I love the work that you do. Um, I think it's important because at the end of the day, we're all fighting a cause, but we're all picking one that really hits home to us. And so just to provide that support, that camaraderie, the unity of like, hey, you're not alone. I see you. And you just kind of like be a face to help aid in that. Like no one should ever be ashamed or embarrassed or feel as though they're not worthy because of how they choose to identify in this world and how they want to be show show how they want to show up and be perceived. So I definitely think that the work that, you know, yourself and the Trevor Project are doing is amazing. And, you know, it's just something that if you're not tapped into, tap in, you never know who you could help, who you could help understand that, you know, they matter in a mm -hmm. multitude of ways. And the representation goes so much further than they think kind of relaying that back to like how is it how important is it for you to show up in your authentic self now that you know again you're out of athletics you're doing this work you're you're in it your identity it, it, we're talking about intersectionality it's merged too with the work that you do and how you show up and helping other people like how important is it for you to show up every day as as jade yeah it is so important i um also something that I take a lot of pride in, right? I think again, in college, thinking about what I wanted my legacy to be, who I wanted to be in the future. Like I, I remember I sat down and literally wrote it out just to kind of give myself an idea of where I wanted to go. I think when you can see it, when you can express it on a piece of paper in a Google doc, it means something to be able to know that these are the words that I said when I thought about myself. And 
I think it means a lot for me to show up just again, because you never know, you never know who's watching. You never know who is looking to you as a leader, right? Somebody that you might be um, inspiring. And so I, I mentioned that even this process of self-discovery is ongoing. Like I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly finding new things that I'm passionate about. Um, I, there's not like one type of workout that I cannot, like, I love everything. I'm just trying to figure out like what fills me up, um, you know, what brings me joy, what brings me happiness. And so I think when you're able to show up authentically, it has the ability to change the world. It sounds cheesy, but I really think it does have the ability to change the world, change perspective, um, inspire folks who, um, you know, might need some motivation. And so, yeah, it, it means a lot to me to be able to show up authentically. And um, yeah, I don't take it, don't take it lightly at all. Yeah, I love that. I do. And you spoke a little bit too about like, you know, writing down on a piece of paper, pen and pad, where will you be? Where will you be? Like, this is how I want to show up. So then now, if you can imagine five years from now, what does that look like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, obviously still being married, uh, <laughs> still being married to my incredible wife. Um, you know, some of the fun things here, like little Heinz Clark's running around, like we're getting into territory of thinking about, you know, not only who I am as an individual, but who I am as a partner, who I am as a, uh, parent right in the future. And so I think thinking about those things and what that looks like, but also I want to continue to work in a place or at a place that fills my soul, that creates positive change, right? It isn't just about what Jade is doing. It's about what am I a part of? What am I a part of collectively for the greater good? And so I think five from years, five years from now, you know, all that fun stuff with family and, and seeing where that evolves to, but also just like, staying full, staying whole, staying complete in what I'm doing in my work, um, I think is, is, is really important. Um, and then the last thing here I think is giving back. It is really important for me to give back, right? Like as a student athlete, I know that you probably experienced this as well. It is so important for me to be connected to student athletes and be able to serve as a, um, you know, support system, support structure, whatever that looks like is to be able to give back to places that poured into me and made me the person that I am. Cause whether, if it wasn't for Richmond, I don't know if I'd be talking to you on a podcast right now, there's so many different things that make us who we are. And I think giving back is a really big component to um, kind of my five-year plan. Well, that is one thing on your five-year plan. You can check off the box because if you yep. don't know, Jade is a mentor in our mentorship program as well. And so we are very happy to have you mentoring one of our student athletes as well. We think you'd be great for her. So, all right, Jade, you've given a lot of advice, a lot of gems, a lot of great stuff. But if there was one thing you could tell a current student athlete who might be struggling with their identity as it relates to their sexual orientation or gender identity, and I'll even say, uh, gender expression as well because I think that's another big one that I saw some of my teammates struggle with um in the midst of their transition what would that be yeah mm, there's so much there's so much but <laughs> I would say take your time yeah I think I'm you know 
thinking about just like you mentioned, gender expression. When I started changing what kind of shirts I was wearing from blouses to polos, because that made me feel more comfortable, right? I took my time. And I think that like now more than ever, the pressures of society are real. And I think when we can give ourselves grace and time to, like I said, think, brainstorm, play, like I think play is so important. Um, like give yourself time to play and figure out what feels comfortable, what you like, right? You don't have to know, you don't have to decide, you don't have to figure it all out right now. Um, and so I would definitely say, just take your time. I know the pressure of society can feel like it has to speed everything up, but your time is the right time. Um, and I really believe that that is something that can be really important for folks that are trying to uh, that are struggling with their identity, but also, you know, on that journey of self-discovery, take your time. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, from a very black and white standpoint, a lot of people think it's either this or that, but, you know, gender identity, sexual orientation, gender expression, it is a spectrum. Yeah. And you can fall wherever it is you want to be and you could teeter more towards one side, but it doesn't mean that it takes away you being a part of something else. So I just, I think that's a great point to just, you know, for anyone listening, like it's a spectrum. You don't have to be solely like this or like this. You can be anywhere in the middle, up and down to the okay. side diagonal <laughs> that you feel comfortable. I agree. Cause it was definitely, um, it was a journey watching some of my teammates, like you said, transition from wearing like crop tops and shorts to now it's like, okay, well, more pants and then a blouse. And then you go from the blouse to now we're wearing button ups and pants, but still got the little kitten heels. Right. But you know- <laughs> yeah, it, no, that it's so real because it, and like you said, it, it can change day to day, right? Like there are, and that's what I'm talking about. Even from, you know, college, I remember was, I, I was like, this is the way that I'm going right now. And that's it. And as I've continued to figure things out, figure what I like one day, I'm doing this the next day I'm doing that. And I love them both. Right. And so I think that's really important. Like you shared, you know, it doesn't have to be this or that it can be all over up and down. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. So what is one thing that you'd like to share with coaches and administrators about working with student athletes who are in their self-discovery phase? Yeah, I I think it's really important for coaches and administrators to know that um, they don't have to fix anything. Right. Like sometimes as student athletes, we will come to our coaches and administrators for a listening ear, for support. Um, to be authentic, to be vulnerable. And we're not looking for any, you know, sometimes we're just not looking for anything. Um, and so I think sometimes there's a tendency for coaches and administrators to listen and then be like, okay, what can I do? And sometimes that's not, that's not even what we're looking for. So I would say for coaches and administrators, really check in with student athletes about what they need, right? Don't make an assumption about, um, what they need at any given moment. Ask the question. I think questions are so powerful, right? What do you need from me? That leads that leaves it open for you know you me to follow that up to say nothing or you know I need actual action in some way. It leaves it open. And so I really think for coaches and administrators, the biggest thing is to just find ways to support student athletes. Do your own research. Uh do your own research. I'll say it again. <laughs> 
and do your own research. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important just to figure out, you know, the way that you can best support um, each of your student athletes. And the only way that I think folks can really do that is by asking a question. I love that. That's great. And, you know, it really hits home because Risa, whenever anything is going on and a student athlete comes to us, that's literally the first thing that she always says is, how can we support you? What do you need from us? And so to even be under leadership who already views and hold and host that ideology of how we can support instead of just saying, hey, they need this or they need that. I definitely think that that is you're spot on with it because I, I definitely feel like we see the impact of students feeling comfortable coming to us because we're not trying to fix things, but we're just want to be there. And however you need us to be, like you said, if we need to just listen, yep. we will listen. Yeah. If you want somebody else to talk to, we will try and guide you towards that person. And so I definitely think that that is um, a great initiative. And I think I'm going to take it one step further just because we both play basketball. Yeah. Um, what do you think is something that you would say to some of these coaches on like how to go about your students for like banquets and um, events like that? Because I know that that was a huge one for us as well at VCU, where it's like you expect students to wear a certain type of outfit if they are on a women's team and because you're meeting donors or other like people who support the college so like what advice would you give on that gender expression that we hit on a little bit about you know for student athletes and you know them feeling comfortable and coaches allowing them to dress in the way that they really want to and not how they're supposed to yeah I love this question I think as time goes on um we should be moving away from dress codes all together. Um, we shouldn't be saying, you know, our male identified student athletes should be wearing this, our, you know, female identified student athletes should be wearing that. That shouldn't even be, it should be show up in what feels most comfortable to you. I understand that with banquets and different types of events, there is, um, you know, certain attire that folks are looking for. I think it's great to give guidelines around, um, you know, what that could look like, but it should not be attached to gender. It should not, no, it should not be attached to anything. Um, and so I think again, they're just being mindful um, and, you know, creating a culture that supports and allows folks to show up in what feels most comfortable to them, because that might not always align with what you think. Um, and so I think even, you know, really talking to folks at, I don't know, even, um, you know, at some of the higher tables to say, you know, this is what our department has as a whole, or this is what our uh, program is about. And we want people to feel most comfortable. And this is how we, we do it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's huge. Cause I remember being on campus in my first year and I was like, this dress code does not align with what um, feels most comfortable to me. And I know I had some conversations with folks um, about it. And so taking the burden off of students to even think that they have to advocate for themselves in that way, they should be able to show up how they want to show up, what they want to wear, um, and that be it. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I was like, you know what? I got to appreciate this because I saw one time too many where I'm just like, she does not want to wear that skirt, but she's going to because 
Mm-hmm. She has to. And I'm just so happy that times have changed. And I've just seen the transition of so many of the people close and near and dear to me that it's just like, you just look so comfortable. Yeah. And you see the difference. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely see the difference when a person is wearing something that is for them and that they're happy and being having on them. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. And then the last one for advice is what are your thoughts on ways that the sports community can continue to be more inclusive and a safe space for everyone? Yeah, I I think here's just continue to have difficult conversations, right? There's a lot in our sports community that um, has always been a certain way. And so I think as we continue to grow and learn more about the populations that we serve is just continuing to have difficult conversations, allow folks to express their experiences, um, give folks the platform to um, brainstorm and think about solutions, right? I think it's all about having the difficult conversations and leaning into, um, you know, the support that the community needs, because we know that our sports athletics community is made up of so many incredible people with so many different identities and backgrounds, and we just have to listen and Um, I think that happens with difficult conversations and really leaning into that. And what do you think, like, where should those conversations start becoming from? Like, I think as an administrator now and you being a former collegiate administrator in student athlete development, like, we want to bring and host these conversations with students, but then sometimes students then as well don't do their part and show up. So where do you think that these initiatives or you know, actions should be coming from? Should they stem from the administrative side or from the student side? Or maybe we meet somewhere in the middle. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I love this question. I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, I as a student athlete, like I mentioned a little bit before, I was definitely having conversations with folks about my experience. And, and I, I think it's so important, right? That if student athletes are experiencing things or having or have questions or have ideas that they should be bringing it. So for any student athlete watching this podcast right now, if you have ideas, if there's things that you're experiencing, bring it to your administrators. Because again, I know that there's a lot of folks out there that are doing really great work, especially the Maryland made uh, team here. And I think it's huge, right? To bring up you know, concerns or even things that are going well, right? It doesn't always have to be um, something that maybe isn't working. And I think when we as administrators are able to hear about your experience, then we're even able to sometimes take it a step further to say, okay, I hear you. I see you. This is what we're going to start to brainstorm around. Um, And with administrators, like we talked about a little bit before, right? Not, Not assuming what support somebody might need thinking and um, making sure that things are relevant and applicable to what student athletes are actually looking for. Um, If there's topics that they want to talk about, things that they want to engage in, they're more likely to engage in the, in the things that um, they're passionate about with a caveat that if you bring, if you bring things to your administrators and they put in the work to make something happen, you better show up because they're working really hard to make sure that they are supporting you. And, you know, it, it, I, I've been there. I know how it feels when you put in a lot of work and then that turnout doesn't, doesn't always happen. So if you have concerns, if you have things that are coming up as ideas, bring them to the folks that can support you and then show up. 
Love that. I hope y'all heard her because that was a bar. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I hope you heard her. <laughs> and then I think the last add-on that I want to add to that is from the administrators and student athletes is coaches. Like, what is your perspective? And, you know, I think we've both been around, especially for the women's basketball game for quite some time where a lot of coaches identify within the community, but they're not out. So then that representation doesn't necessarily a lot for their student athletes to also feel comfortable. Like if you could give any advice to coaches on, you know, kind of speaking and living in their truth for maybe that student athlete that's afraid to come out on the team or express themselves a different way. Like what, what would you say to them? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think, you know, a similar yeah, uh, kind of a similar thing to what I was sharing a little bit before of like, take your time. Um, also acknowledging that if you have folks, it's kind of what I was mentioning of, I have been really fortunate to be comfortable and be out in the world and live authentically. And I don't take that lightly. And so I think even just kind of thinking through if there's spaces within teams or there's folks that you feel comfortable with like opening up and sharing your experiences with them because it is it is really important I know it was really important for me when I was in college to be able to talk to folks that were older than me that had some lived experience that I could ask questions and so yeah if there are you know folks on teams that don't really feel like they have anybody they can go to when they're experiencing certain things or have questions you know, then there's, there's, it's kind of like they're, they're a little bit, there's a tendency to be a little bit more uncomfortable or just not ever ask the question. So I think for coaches who might be considering, you know, is it worth me sharing this with the student athlete, right? Obviously um, take your time, but as you build those relationships, um, continue to be open and be vulnerable because some of the best coaches I've had are the coaches that were real with me, both on the court and off the court could, you know, drop some wisdom, give me some knowledge that I might not have, you know, thought I needed at that point. Um, but yeah, I think is just continue to uh, be open. Awesome. Love that. All right, Jade, we're getting into a part of the podcast that we like to call rapid fire. Okay. All right. And I tried to find some, some heavy hitters for you that I know might hit your heart a little bit. So, all right. Your first one, playing basketball or lifting weights? lifting weights only because I'm out of basketball for what three years now <laughs> okay I'll take the response I'll take the response yeah. okay okay all right you went to both schools Richmond or VCU why'd you have to do this one to me because uh, you know I had to <laughs> I know you had to um gotta go Richmond Gotta go Richmond. So I went undergrad. Shout out to VCU though. My wife is a former student athlete or was a former student athlete at VCU. Um, so we're a very split household. So rivalry games get pretty interesting over here. My know what's up. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then a full week with Cinnamon, which is her dog, everybody, or a full week without. Mm. This one tugs at this one tugs at the heartstrings. But I'm going to be honest and say a full week without mainly because I love her. She has so much energy and, you know, sometimes we all need a little bit of a break. Uh, so I'm going to say full week without because I have her for the rest of her life. And, you know, a week sounds nice. 
A week was probably great. Drop her off at doggy daycaring. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for participating in such a great conversation today and for your willingness to share about your story. We hope that whoever listens to this podcast knows that it is okay to be who you are and that there is community ready to surround you and support you. Before we wrap up, share with our listeners, how can people follow you on your personal or your um, professional um, social media and get any updates from what you do, want to reach out and stuff like that if you want to drop in in your handles? Yes, absolutely. So I am on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me Jade Hines Clark, just my name. Um, on Twitter, I am underscore J Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E-01. You can follow me there as well. And then I'm on I IG as well. Uh, JJ Clarkie is my at name, but then you can also utilize my business page, Heinz Clark Co. So I'm happy to reach out or I'm happy to connect. So feel free to reach out um, and look forward to chatting with folks. Awesome. And for those of you who don't know, National Coming Out Day is on Wednesday, October 11th. And it is a day created for the LGBTQ plus members to share their stories with whomever they want. We also know that in some ways it's not safe for everyone to openly identify. So to those who can't know that there are allies in the world continuing to work to make it a safe space for you. To our Maryland student athletes, here are a few of our upcoming updates. Our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Career Readiness Week, we have Ace the Interviews on October 10th from 7 to 8.30 in Young Study Lounge. And we also have Branding and Storytelling on October 11th from 7 to 8 in Young Study Lounge as well. Also, get ready for the holidays. Terps run the holidays and Terps giving and adoptive family will be going on starting 1016 all the way through 1110. If you have any more questions on that, please reach out to Deja Parker, our community engagement intern. Also, be on the lookout for the UMD Athletics Pride Games taking place. More information to come for these games and festivities. But again, Jade, we thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate you being on this podcast with us today. Anytime. Thank you for having me.